0: You're listening to The Lost Art of Two Friends this time, with a supplemental Ghostbusters Afterlife spoiler-free review, and Luke's not joining us on this one because he hasn't seen it yet, but we thought this would make a good accompaniment um, to our newest uh, Ghostbusters episode. So, we're, Matt and I are excited to talk about Ghostbusters oh, Afterlife. Oh yeah. Matt, go ahead and take it and run with it
1: first. I don't really know where to start. Yeah. Well, I'll just I'll start by saying, and I think I mentioned this in the last episode, but I don't need a movie trailer. I don't need promotional, you know, tie-ins with food companies and all that stuff to make me want to see Ghostbusters. Like I, I know as soon as they announce the movie, I'm like, I will be there opening weekend. I'm not going to watch a trailer because I don't want the best part spoiled. And I mm-hmm. did it. I made it the entire time without ever knowing anything about the movie which was... which
0: which blows my mind i don't know how you were able to i guess because i follow all of it on social media and i see all yeah. these things and of course my my curiosity gets
1: the best of me but i still
0: wasn't spoiled so that's good
1: yeah no i mean i i literally knew nothing about it um I mean, one of the first things you learn is that the movie doesn't take place in New York. I mean, that that's obvious from the, right very the opening yeah. scene. So not a spoiler. But I didn't even know that. Because to me, Ghostbusters is a New York movie. All the games, all the movies, the TV show, they all take place in New York. And this one does not. So it, it was different in that regard. But it worked but so well. Yeah, I, did, I didn't miss New York. And there's been a lot of negative reviews um, that I've read online. People, you know, saying that, oh, they're just... You know, reaching down into nostalgia and people don't really like it. They just say, hey, I remember Ghostbusters and that's why they're liking it. But I disagree. There are things
0: in the movie without spoiling it because we are going (laughs) to where I'm trying. We're going to try not to mention things and Luke might have to edit some stuff out. But there were a lot of uh, negative reviews saying this is just sort of a rehashing of the first. But it's like, you know what? If you know anything about the first, things happen in this movie for a reason. They they are rehashed or brought back up for a
1: reason. Yep. And that's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. I mean there there were definitely some scenes that were straight up redone scenes from the first movie. And not a whole lot, but there were a few. Mm-hmm. And I you know, the way that I choose to look at it is this better special effects, better sound design, that this is what Dan Aykroyd had envisioned. In the original movie, what those scenes would look and sound like. And they actually finally were able to realize that. Yeah. But again, it doesn't feel like a retread of the first movie. It no. feels like a completely original story.
0: And I don't feel like the special effects deviate too far from the original. Like everything looks like it came right out of the original.
1: Yeah, just in high definition. I mean, that's right. basically the difference. And there, were, there was a creature in this movie who I couldn't tell if it was CGI or practical effects. And that is... I don't know who that's you know given points towards because if it was CGI, it was the best CGI I've ever seen, and if it was practical effects, it looked real. So they they
0: I will tell you that a lot of the creatures and ghosts and things they did use practical effects on. Of course, some of it was a mix. It was a mix of CGI and practical effects. But yeah, I have seen behind the scenes photos of of all these things, and it's like oh, that's a real oh, nice. tangible thing, like.
1: Yeah, and it just that adds a lot to it. It's much easier to act when there's a physical thing in front of you than just a green screen kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Uh but because it's, you know, twenty twenty one, there's definitely green screen and a lot of CGI in it. But I, I never felt like it went too much. Like the Marvel movies, the third act is basically just like CGI fest. And this movie's kind of that way, but it doesn't ever go quite as much over the deep end as uh a lot of newer action movies do. Right. And while we're
0: on that topic, I just thought, I mean, obviously, other than it being Ghostbusters, and I was just super excited for it, had I not been a crazy Ghostbuster fan like I am, I still would have appreciated how this movie told a really well-written story and deviated from that, you know what, over-the-top blockbuster superhero feel. You know what I mean? It didn't rely on Slam bam action! It didn't rely on all those things that you get out of a superhero movie or expect from like the summer blockbuster kind of kind of film. Yeah. I mean, it was just a really good story, and it was very. It had a lot of heart. The story had a lot of heart. It had a lot of emotion.
1: Yeah, it definitely did. I told. Uh, I, I did a video review for it on my YouTube channel, and it's like, yeah, did not expect to tear up at a Ghostbusters movie, but right. I definitely did. And I will say though. I'm trying to take myself out of being a huge Ghostbusters fan and thinking this is a new movie that just came out, completely original. Ghostbusters does not exist before. Right. So there's no history involved. And I still would have enjoyed it, but I definitely think that my history with Ghostbusters is really what propelled it to be, you know, excellent. Because I'm trying to think would it be a top 10 movie of the year for me if this was an original property and not the biggest, like, my biggest fandom of my childhood. Yeah. I don't think it would be, but it's still a really good movie. It's a great movie. Yeah.
0: You know, it was, I mean, we're almost two years, right? We're almost two years to when it was supposed to have been released or at least Mm -hmm. two years when we got the first trailer for it. And I remember, um, there was a big interview with all of the cast on a zoom call and, and I watched it and Jason Reitman, the director said, you know what? Like, I'm kind of thankful for the pandemic. I'm kind of thankful for the pushback on it and the delay because it's given me a lot of time to go through and perfect and tie up a lot of things that I might have missed the first time around. So it's really given me a lot of time to like perfect the movie. And I don't know what the movie was like before he did all that, but I'm glad that he had that time. The pushback is as hard as it was to wait for it. Like I'm, I'm happy. I am so, so happy with the way it came out like the result yep. was phenomenal.
1: Yeah, I uh I watched a few cast interviews and you know everybody says the same thing. McKenna Grace, the little girl who's the star of the movie is she kills it. And but if you watch an interview with her now, it looks like a completely different person because when they filmed the movie, <laughs> she was like 12 and yeah, now she's like yeah, 15 or 16. Yeah, she's 15 yeah. now. So. And I was like that's the same girl? Yeah. But yeah, she is a star for sure and What's, <laughs> I, I also Oh, one, oh, sorry, I just wanted to... She, she did an interview, and she was
0: like... My grandmother saw it, and she was like... She called the house after she was done, and she was like, I love the movie, but uh, I didn't see McKenna in it. And she's like, yes, yeah, she you did. I was in the whole movie, Grandma. Like, that was me. So she does look completely <laughs> different now, but... Yeah, she definitely does. And I know that she's been in, in several other things, but, man, like, watch out for her. Like, she's she's good
1: you know what i mean she's really really good yeah it's she was in uh this season of the handmaid's tale and but of course they filmed that more recently so she's older in it and it's always weird to watch a movie that came out after a show but the character is like a completely different age like she was smoking in the handmaid's tale oh yeah and you know in ghostbusters you're like yeah she doesn't even know what a cigarette is (laughs) at this point because she's 12 (laughs) you know yeah uh so one thing I will say, we in Lexington here, they've got a new theater downtown called Lex Live. And it's got the biggest screen in the state of Kentucky, supposedly. Yeah, how how was I, that? That um, oh, was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, the seats, you know, it's got the reclining seats and it's even got um, motorized headrest. So you can like tilt the headrest at different angles and they're heated seats. So you My can turn it on if you get would have loved cold. that. She was complaining about yeah. the movie theater seats the whole time. Yeah. The seats are great. Uh, when we were there, it was Saturday afternoon. So the movie had been out for one day and there were maybe 10 people in the theater, which kind of worried me, but then it ended up, you know, making up plenty of money at the box office. It, it won the weekend. Um, but the one thing about this theater and I, I haven't been to the theater, but one other time since the pandemic started and that was to see fast and furious nine. But I will tell you, whoever was running the sound, cranked it to 11 like to the point where jenny was covering her ears and scenes like we almost needed earplugs it felt felt like being at a concert every time they would like hit the proton pack it was like your ears would start ringing it was so loud which i didn't think a movie could be too loud but that might have been a little bit too loud yeah yeah i want to check that place out i just
0: i hate going downtown you know or even in that vicinity so i'm like i'd rather just go to the one here by the mall you know but
1: Yeah, I I think that's going to be my new spot.
0: Yeah. Plus, at the mall, Cinemark theaters, they were offering exclusive Cinemark, like, you know, collector's souvenirs for the, you know, like cups with cup lids. And I got all those and the popcorn bucket and the t shirt. And I just spent a lot of money at the theater that night. Yeah. Before I even saw it because I knew, I just knew it was going to be great. And that was going to be like,
1: I made it like an event, you know? So. Yeah, I know. I, I wish that we could have done that, but. You know, we we had to find somewhere to send Cora for a couple of hours, and you know the movie's two hours long, which yeah. is the longest Ghostbusters movie. Um, and then when, when you add driving down there, parking, driving back, the trailers, the commercials at the beginning—I mean, it's it's a half a day event to go yeah. to a two-hour movie.
0: Well, the trailers were like thirty minutes.
1: I know, and again, I don't like watching trailers, so now I, I feel like I've seen the new Spider-Man movie. I feel like mm-hmm. I've seen the new Matrix movie, mm-hmm. and I can't even remember what else they they showed. One thing I will say, though, about the new movie, as much as I liked it, um, I thought that the old movies were paced better. I thought the old movies were funnier. And I thought the old movies had better dialogue, just in general. Because you know, I know we talked before in that last episode about all the fun Dan Aykroyd lines of just him rattling off all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah,
0: that is missing And we here. didn't
1: really get much of that in this. But again, it didn't take away from our oh, not Yeah, it didn't
0: bother me a bit. Like I, I, yeah, it was a little... I don't want to say darker in tone, but yeah, you don't get the you don't get you you don't get as much comedy with this one.
1: No. But it's still got it's and, got its moments. Yeah. And you know, um there is a scene. They're in a small town in Oklahoma, is where the whole movie takes place, so there's not a whole lot of characters, but there is a scene inside of a police station and there is a black police officer. <laughs> and I really, really, really wish that they had gotten Carl Winslow? Uh, re- yeah, Reginald <laughs> Vell Johnson. He's retired from the NYPD, and he's moved to, to to Oklahoma to live out the last few years of his of his working career, but that it great. wasn't him. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't him. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, I didn't know. I, I figured, you know, that night that I came home from the theater, I absolutely had to get on Facebook and, and write a review. And I felt like, if we're going to do this the best way I can, I don't think I can say it any better than I did in that review. So I figured I would just repeat what I said and I just read the review, you know? Um, And so that's what I'm going to do. And so what I had written uh, was this and bear with me. So uh, the review says, you know, when you grow up with something that's been your childhood obsession and love and something that's been embedded into your life and you've cherished it for many years, like Ghostbusters, You hope that one day you'll get to see a proper continuation that lives up to the name-it-built for itself, the feeling you always get when you watch the beloved classics, and what made it such an underdog success in the first place. Ghostbusters Afterlife, well, did exactly that and more. Um, I somehow was able to avoid any spoilers aside from the plot and things that we knew from marketing and promotion, and you won't be getting any spoilers from me either. What I will say is that Jason Reitman, son of director of the original two, Ivan Reitman, did an incredible job of executing the utmost care and love that was vital in making the film successful. Um, It was a beautiful love letter to Ghostbusters, its fans, and most importantly, the late Harold Ramis, who portrayed original buster Egon Spengler, while introducing a new cast of characters to help drive the future of it home. From the musical score by Rob Simonson, to the atmosphere and settings, to the fantastic dialogue and dry, witty jokes throughout, I laughed, I teared up a bit, And I even got shaken by a few jump scares that I probably should have seen coming. It was just wonderful. The new cast was phenomenal. McKenna Grace absolutely took the role of Egon Spengler's granddaughter, Phoebe, and crushed it. Uh, This was the female lead that we needed. Um, Maybe that was a little jab at the 2016 one, but... That you haven't seen. That I haven't seen, but come on, we know better. Um, I've never watched her in any other film, but she's an extremely talented actress to keep on your radar. Uh, The other kids of the film also did a great job, uh, most notably Logan Kim, who plays Podcast, whose demeanor and dialogue was nearly a spinning image of Dan Aykroyd. Uh, So much praise has to be given to those kids, and Paul Rudd was also an excellent addition to the story. Uh, Die-hard fans of Ghostbusters and casual moviegoers alike will take a lot from the film... It has so, so much heart, charm, and warmth, which is what made the once before it so appealing. In fact, the final 30 minutes will jerk and pull at your emotions, and most people that I've known to have seen it will tell you to grab some Kleenex. My girlfriend was armed with tissues for me just in case, but surprisingly, I didn't absolutely lose it like I thought I would. She even loved it and wasn't necessarily thrilled to see the film. I spent a lot of bread, At the theater, purchasing Cinemark exclusive collector's cups, popcorn bucket, t-shirt bearing the big, simple, no-ghost emblem. It was an event for me, and I had a blast. Be sure to stick around for the two post-credit scenes. Now, there are two scenes in the credits, and a lot of people in the theater missed those because they got up and walked off. One of them is just for... It's short, sweet, and it's fun. The second one is vital to the story, so... Definitely, be sure to stick around for those two credits uh, scenes. So go see it. Help this movie blow the box office out. If you ever wanted a Ghostbusters three, like I always have, it's waiting for you in cinemas right now. That was my review.
1: Yep, I'll just add that the when I left the theater, I was like, I think this is my favorite movie of the year. Oh, and I and. For me, I feel like that some of that was, well, part of it was being back in the theater, which I haven't been in a long time, and the nostalgia of Ghostbusters. And I kind of feel like by the end of the year that some of that shine will have worn off. It's still going to be a top 10 movie for me of the year. Totally. Uh, But I don't know if it'll be my favorite movie, but it has that initial impact. If you grew up watching Ghostbusters, it's almost like, you know, a a shot of heroin or something. I I hate to say that, you know. Sure. Sure.
0: You get the it's rush, easy, but
1: it's kind of like you get a, just a huge rush yeah. from seeing, you know, that childhood fandom up on the big screen. And uh, Jason Reitman, there was no better person to direct it. He was on the set of the first two. He had his dad helping him out with this one, so the charm was there. Uh, but it was less of a blockbuster comedy and more of a like family adventure film, which mm-hmm. was fine, you know. And I, I said in my review. Um, you know, it's got the same vibe as like stranger things or the Goonies where the kids are in charge and very they can, Spielberg. they're more than capable. Yeah. Very Spielberg, more than capable of handling anything that's thrown at them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I agree. See it in the theater if you can. Um, and if not, you know, rent it on demand whenever that, whenever it comes out. Cause it, it was excellent. If you like Ghostbusters, you're going to love it. I I do know my, my aunt Missy and uncle Daryl and my cousin went to see it and none of them have that nostalgia with ghostbusters and they were all kind of lukewarm on it. So, yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. it, it obviously it's not for everybody, but I think if you grew up liking ghostbusters like we did that you'll you'll enjoy it.
0: Yeah, this is a solid entry in in the original series. You know what I mean? Like this is a perfect mm-hmm. perfect about the only way they could have continued it. You know what I mean? Like I do. So, awesome. Well, do you have anything else to add, Jason? No, I just Go see Ghostbusters Afterlife. That's that's all I yeah. can. That's, I mean, that's, that's about all there is to say.
1: Yeah, and if, if you have seen it, let us know what you think on our socials. Um, Facebook.com slash The Lost Art of Podcast is the best place to get in touch with us. And you know we won't do the full outro because Luke's not here and it's kind of a, a smaller episode. But um, our next episode, as we've stated, is going to be Video Games in 1994. I've been doing my research and it turns out that was a really big year for video games that I loved. So, it yeah. ought to be a fun episode. Yeah, and go back and check out Just Today, as we recorded
0: recording this, uh, Just Today, we released our Memories and History of Ghostbusters episode, so, which is essentially the part one of this smaller episode
1: here. So, go check that out. Yep, yep, yep. Alright, well, we'll talk to you guys next time. Yeah, we'll see you then when
0: we'll just have something...
1: something you'll to talk about. Oh yeah, that's right. Something
0: you'll I'll get it right one day.